At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, this is Brian Alvarez, and this is today's edition of the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8 Side Network. Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, New Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. It is Thursday on this program, and you know what that means. We have got AEW Dynamite to talk about here today. A lot to get into on Dynamite last night, not the least of which is that MJF CM Punk match. About 45 minutes. And at the end of the day, MJF not only beat CM Punk, but he beat CM Punk twice in one night in Chicago, Illinois. And, of course, where it goes from here is anybody's guess. Uh, This is not a spoiler, but I guess it kind of is. But on the Rampage show on Friday, I won't tell you who won the Adam Cole match, but Adam Cole does do a promo, and he requests... The winner of Hangman Page and Lance Archer in the Texas Deathmatch. So we're not that far away from the next AEW pay-per-view. So they seem to be teasing that it is Adam Cole versus Hangman Page for the title at the pay-per-view. When I finished watching Dynamite, all I could think was, how is MGF not in line for the title? I realize he had a loss at the beginning of the year, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, he beat CM Punk twice in Chicago. And you could do MJF versus Hangman Page for the title. You could do Wardlow versus CM Punk since Wardlow helped cost CM Punk the match. You hold off on MJF and Wardlow. They're still, that's going to be a long build, it, it appears here. So a lot of ways they can go. We could talk about that here. We, of course, have got all of the news as well. And there is plenty of it here today, including the Hall of Fame ceremony. They've got all the news on what they're doing for the WWE Hall of Fame, which is, uh, it's weird. We've got uh, notes on WWE releases. These are past releases, not new releases. We've got NXT ratings and so much more. If you'd like to contact us here today, we'll take your feedback. Text messages, 425-780-7566. That is 425-780-7566. Brian at WrestlingObserver.com is the email address at Brian Alvarez on Twitter. That's the Twitter 
lot more to get into when we come back from the break, so stick around, everybody. Back in a moment with Mike Sempervivi and more Wrestling Observer Live. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Was that Andro400.com? I only heard it 17 times. Hey, everybody. What did you think of that Dynamite show last night? Was that Dynamite or what? Should we just get started with that? Let's do it. Dynamite last night. John Moxley defeated Wheeler Yuta in the opener. Wheeler Yuta was the replacement for Brian Kendrick who is uh, not involved with AEW or WWE at that point, issued an apology for some comments that he had made that got him removed from the show. He said, I apologize for all the hurt and embarrassment I have caused with my words. These are not my beliefs, never were beliefs of mine. And I crossed the line. I spread the most vile comments without thinking of the damage it would cause. I will live with this regret for the rest of my life. I am truly sorry for the pain that I have caused. So, uh, no Brian Kendrick. I don't think we're going to be uh, seeing Brian Kendrick anytime soon. But uh, he was replaced by Wheeler Yuta. Poor Wheeler Yuta. Killed for the second time by John Moxley. What a storyline this is becoming. Moxley hit him with the uh, paradigm shift, pinned him. Dan Housen was there at r- ringside. Apparently he's one of the best friends now. And uh, that was the opener. Then Brian Danielson appeared. And he cut a uh, definitely a heel promo. And Moxley is definitely a babyface. But uh, Brian Danielson at first wanted to fight him, but then said, you know what, maybe we should team. And he had this idea about taking these young guys under his wing, the Yudas, Garcias, Lee Moriarty's. And uh, he told Moxley to think about whether he wants to be a team with him or not. We had a Brandy Rhodes segment with Dan Lambert. Uh, this was, as I noted last night, a dated reference, but I, I think, there, is there still a Jerry Springer show? There has to be, right? There, there's still a Steve Wilkos. But, Steve uh, Wilkos? Might as well be a Jerry Springer one. Well, anyway, that's what this there's was. a Judge Jerry now. She goes out there, she's hated. Lambert goes out there, he's hated. They're throwing insults back and forth, and they'd throw one insult, they'd get a cheer. Then they'd get booed. And essentially, this all led to Paige Van Zant returning to attack Brandy. They got pulled apart, and the fans chanted, let them fight. So whatever you thought of this segment, fans want to see Paige Van Zant and Brandy Rhodes fight. And what a battle we're in store for here. What a fight it is. We had Malachi Black and Brody King beating Pac and Penta, which was a good match. Hit their finish for the win after the mist got sprayed. I feel like if this had been on pay-per-view, it would have been like five times better. But there's certainly nothing wrong with it. It was just a, uh, seemed like a fairly quick television match. Uh, By quick, I mean like eight minutes, but that was that. Adam Cole is going to face Evil Uno on Rampage. I won't give you any spoilers. Nyla Rose beat Ruby Soho when uh, Ruby tried to do her kick. Missed by nine miles, and then uh, Nyla Rose powerbombed her and pinned her. Uh, the match was, was uh, it was all right. I wouldn't say it was a bad match or anything like that, but the finish definitely looked bad. I, I think that, uh, I don't know what was supposed to happen. Um, 
But she missed, and she was pinned. That's what happened. And the fans saw it as a botch. We had a Hangman Page promo, and uh, thank God Lance Archer came out and beat the absolute hell out of the Hangman, pummeled him, destroyed him, threw him into the steps, gave him the blackout through a table, left him for dead. I've been talking about this for weeks. It's what they needed to do. And you know what? Hangman's going to be all right. And he's going to beat this guy in the Texas death match dominantly. And I don't want to hear anything about how he's ruined or he looks weak. It's going to be all right. Jericho promo where he basically said there's going to be a meeting with the inner circle next week. And uh, everyone needs to be there because there's problems in the inner circle. And then the main event at 10 minutes after the top of the hour, they brought out MGF and CM Punk. So they had, I believe, a 39-minute match. And the story of the match, very quickly, was that uh, MGF took off his wrist tape, wrapped it around Punk's neck, put him in a choke, and uh, the referee raised then once. He raised then twice. And it drops a third time. And he goes, ring the bell! There's people shocked that CM Punk has been choked unconscious by MJF. MJF puts the tape in his armpit, and he goes up and he does the referee raises his hand, and the tape falls out. The ref goes, no, brother, this ain't happening here in Chicago. Restart this match. MJF's furious. The fans are like, yeah! They went 25 more minutes, and in those 25 minutes, out comes, out comes old Wardlow. And Wardlow gets face-to-face with CM Punk, and everyone thinks, are they going to fight? What's going to happen here? And Wardlow just backs off, and everyone's like, yeah, he's going to let Punk win. Punk gets in the ring, but Wardlow's creeping around again. Punk's distracted. He turns around and kablammy! MGF punches him with the ring, makes the cover. One, two, three. This time he's smart. He gets the ring back to Wardlow so the ref don't find it. And uh, MGF has beaten CM Punk twice on the same show in Chicago, Illinois. And after the match is over, and I love the way they did it after the match was over, they're showing replays of everything. And when they do the face-to-face, what we did not see, and this was not a botch where we they missed the shot. We weren't supposed to see it. But you see Wardlow put his hand behind his back and pass that ring to MJF. So they are they are stretching it out again. Wardlow handed MJF the ring, which MJF used to beat CM Punk. I mean, there's there's a number of ways they can go. I think what they're going to do is CM Punk and MJF will have a match at the pay-per-view, and it's going to be Adam Cole versus Hangman Page in the championship match. I saw this show, and I was like, bro, they got to go to MJF versus Hangman. This guy beat CM Punk twice in Chicago. Punk got beaten because of Wardlow, so you do Wardlow at the pay-per-view against CM Punk. I don't think that's the direction we're going, but that's what I thought we should be doing after the show is over. But we'll we'll see. I mean, the only question I have is if they do Adam Cole and Hangman and CM Punk and MJF in a stip match, what do you do with Wardlow? You just beat some bloke? I guess you could do that, but what did you think of the show, Mike? I thought that was a hell of a main event. I thought it was pretty damn awesome because that main event was pretty great. And I know you're not big on those long. matches. By the way, where's, where's old Lance, who on the show last week said he was 100% sure, I think he said, 
that CM Punk was beating MJF, huh? Where are you now, Lance? Well, you're going to find out tomorrow when you do the Figure Four Daily with Lance Storm. That's Only right. for subscribers at F4WOnline.com and F4W Video, all you top It's rare that Lance is wrong, but when he is, I don't. I <laughs> love rubbing it in. I was going to say, now, did you let him know about this in DMs and emails and such? Oh, no, no. <laughs> you just want to save it all up? Well, I, I gave it away early, but, yeah. Now, you don't want to like say that this theme. match went too long, do you? 45 I, minutes, listen, you want to say they could have told that story quicker? Because I, I don't think they could have. I would not say that this went too long, but but there were moments where the crowd, I don't, I don't want to say they lost the crowd, because when you lose the crowd, like they're lost, they just never come back. Uh, but the crowd got quiet there at about, uh, I'd say about 10 minutes to the top of the hour. Because I think, A, they figured that Punk had to be winning, and B, I think they also, some of them probably thought it might go to like the TV time limit draw and not beat either guy. And they didn't either. They beat him two times in his hometown. Hey, I'll say this. I think in hindsight, it was a bad idea to beat Adam Cole with Orange Cassidy. And I know it's on, it's you know Thank not you. on his record and all that other stuff. But ultimately, how that thing is playing out with Adam Cole getting the next shot, I am. I don't want to say flabbergasted, but you do. I shrug my shoulders and say, "Why?" You know, I think that was a mistake, especially when you're coming off a of Lance Archer, who, you know, he's he's cold. He's cold. That's why you're doing some of the things that you're doing leading into this. But you know, that's uh, maybe a story for another day. You know what it is, Mike? It's a story for another segment. Oh, coming up after the break, Observer Live. Get a shiver in the dark, it's raining in the park, but meantime, sound of the river, you're stopping your home. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. 
Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Uh, Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Boss, I got a problem here with the chat here after it was mentioned that maybe Adam Cole should not have lost Orange Cassidy and you get people, he's going to be fine. Just no one said he wasn't going to be fine. Exactly. Just because he's going to be fine doesn't mean that it's not something that you should have done. Okay? Here's the thing, That's everybody. Here's the thing. Okay? It, it, it's less of an issue with Adam Cole than it was with, uh, with Lance Archer. But if you think that uh, Lance Archer is beating Hangman Page, raise your hand. Nobody? Okay. If you think Adam Cole is beating Hangman Page, raise your hand. Nobody? Okay. Hey, Mike, come on. He ain't beating uh, Hangman Page. Okay. They, ain't, they ain't spending two years building up Hangman Page to finally give him the title and then beat him two months in with Adam Cole. It's just not happening. I don't think so. But, hey, look, it doesn't mean it has to happen in the first attempt. But here's my point, okay? If you have, a, if you have an opponent, okay, where, okay, three guys think Adam Cole's going to win. If you have an opponent where three guys out of 10,000 think the guy's going to win, then he needs all the help he can get before the match, okay? True. I don't want to hear this crap about, oh, they're trying to make Adam Page a great babyface champion. Therefore, he can never be weak. He can never, bro, get out of here. What do you think this is? WWE? Dude. Somebody on the board the other day, I, I mean, I, I can't even believe that there's all these arguments about Archer and Hangman. I mean, nobody ever brought up the reign of Hulk Hogan in the 80s. The whole story of Hulk Hogan's reign was get ass kicked, win next match. That's all it was for seven years. And don't tell me it didn't work. And don't tell me that Hulk Hogan wasn't Superman. Don't tell me any of that crap, Okay. Hangman Page is going to beat decisively Lance Archer in their match. So, yeah, if you have a guy that hasn't been around for three months or whatever, he can lay out Hangman for three straight weeks, and then Hangman beats him. Adam Cole should not have done any sort of job if he's going to be challenging Hangman Page for the title. He just shouldn't have, okay? Is it the end of the world? No. Is he going to be fine? Yes. Is the pay-per-view going to still sell? Yes. But would it have been better if he hadn't lost to Orange Cassidy? If you want to convince me that maybe Adam Page is going to beat him? Yes, of course. That's it. No one said it's the end of the world. Nobody's freaking out about it, even though I'm yelling. It's it's going to be fine. But it would have been better if you hadn't have beaten Adam Cole last week on Rampage. Golly, gee willikers. You heard me. Watch that kind of language. The FCC might come after you. Put us on delay. I feel like, you know what's funny is, even though I'm the one that yells and screams all the time, I feel like I'm the calm one. Like, everybody else is freaking out over everything. Well, it's because this is very cathartic for you, and this is just how you are all the time. I mean, I, I raise my voice here and there. Here and there. Yeah. You had a lot of nerve. Maybe regularly. But I didn't spend a million dollars on this setup here with this, you know, vintage compressor, this vintage tube compressor Buttons to not yell. <laughs> what? 
Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Let's read some of this feedback here, and then I'll, I'll address some of it here. Punk versus MJF was a classic. By the way, Lance is all ready to just run wild on me tomorrow. <laughs> That's always a fun time. Punk versus MGF was a classic. MGF has this thing in the bag. The guy's going to be unstoppable in a few years because he hasn't even entered his prime yet. You know, in this business, some people actually don't enter their prime until, like, they're 35 or 40. Yeah. He's 25. He's great. He's fantastic. And that's CM Punk was great as well, too. And I, it was a good night, I think, overall. You can pick the nits and all that sort of stuff, but... I'm not sure how anyone can really beef with that show overall. It moved a lot of good stuff forward for that company, and it wasn't very strong. So I, I thought it was I thought it was very, very good. Prisoner says, my jaw also dropped at the mid-match fake-out. Loved the moment when Bryce found out about MJF's deed. So I knew going in that MJF won. But I, that's all I knew. All I knew was that he won because I got like 70 emails all with the same spoiler subject line. But I didn't have all the details. So, uh, I mean, they got me on the first one. Like, I thought that was the actual finish. And uh, But I was wondering, like, what's the main event? Like, what's following Punk losing in Chicago? Yeah. And then, uh, then as soon as he raised his hand and that thing fell out, I was like, oh, God. The thing I love about MGF is... Every what's old is new. When's the last time you saw that that stupid finish where someone hides the gimmick and then the ref raises their arm and the gimmick falls out? What Lawler in 1992, brother? Yeah, that was straight out of the NWA, right down to having that spot. You have Bryce Young, Brensburg playing Tommy Young. They restart the match and then the Bryce shove into the roll-up pin, which he immediately counts, just like Tommy Young and Ric Flair. I that was a great nod. And then the gimmick where you excellent. sit on the rope and they punch you and then you bounce back up and they oh punch my you God. and they bounce back up. Five times, MJF. A lot of credit for that. And and CM Punk. And CM Punk was, I thought, masterful at times. <laughs> Being able to play to the crowd and beat up MJF and how he sold things. I, I thought it was excellent. The show was, I mean, look, the, don't, let's not sleep on the beginning with, with Dean Ambrose and Brian Danielson because I wasn't sure where they were exactly going with that. And he comes out there, you want to see us fight? I bet you you do. Well, guess what, John? I have this proposition for you, which also invoking the names of young guys that the hardcores love, the Wheeler Yudas, the Daniel Garcias, the Lee Moriartys. Boy, it's an exciting proposition and very interesting. Now, John Moxley, a lot of making faces at the camera not sure what what danielson's talking about here maybe he overplayed that a little bit again that would be a picking of nits to complain about anything like that when you had such a good segment and you don't know where it's gonna go john moxley isn't gonna be a booed bad guy but he wrestles like a bad guy he wrestles like he's john moxley could that fit into a a storyline where he's actually aligned with brian danielson for a little bit i don't know but ultimately, no matter when they do it, they're going to do Brian Danielson and John Moxley, and it's going to be pay-per-view level, pay-per-view worthy, or, you know, I don't know how they'll play that, but to me, that's a pay-per-view match that you want to sell and make money on. It's too bad MGF is a star now, because I just I just want the abdominal stretch where you heal jams oh, the yeah. thumb up the baby face's butt twice. Oh, hey, I thought you were going to say into the ribs. No, into the, ribs, the butt. The butt. It, no, that's the point is you got to jam you th- jam the thumb in the baby face's butt twice. 
But then he hip tosses you out and he grabs the thumb and puts it in the heel's mouth. That's, you know, the, time. the oil check into that. Every time it works. It's nasty, though. Bro, there's never been a wrestling show in the history of mankind where that spot didn't work. Never. Not one time. I even saw two guys screw it up once and it worked. Oh, no. That's another story for another day. <laughs> Would you also bring back that? I'm not going to mention not be a story any for another day. Maybe a story for another segment there. I'm not going to mention but any names. Now, would you break out? Does somebody need to bring back the Momota Eigen spit spot from Noah? You know that one. It's a little uh, unsanitary, but if somebody. Yeah, I don't know about the spit it. spot. But I do remember I once had a match. Let's talk about my illustrious career. <laughs> In fact, I think actually I don't know if we have it on the uh, thing here, but I uh, I took a stunner from of all people the Disco Inferno, and I did the spit straight up in the air, and on the way down I saw it coming at my face, and so I managed to bump and move simultaneously <laughs> while taking that stunner. One of the highlights of my athletic career. This person here says MGF and Hangman Page will forever be known as the guys who ended CM Punk and Brian Danielson their first losses in AEW. The company is moving. By the way, mm-hmm. I don't want to start yelling again. But I mean, was I not just days ago talking about how I'm trying to be calm and quiet here, everybody? About how WWE does this whole, we know, we know we need young, we know we need young talent. We know we need, and was was I not just talking about a couple days ago? And what happened in a, in a 24-hour period? Well, young Cora Jade goes in with Raquel Gonzalez, gets her ass handed to her and pinned clean in the middle of the ring, which, by the way, leads to them now being a team. And then on the other show... MGF beat CM Punk twice in Chicago. I mean, bro, was I not just talking about this? Mm-hmm. Is is there one investor that can bring this up at the call today? Like, bros, you got no young stars. And this is how they should word it, by the way. Bros, you have no young stars. All we hear about is how you know you need them. But all you do is beat them right and left. And meanwhile, on the other channel... Some 25-year-old just beat CA Punk twice in Chicago. Could someone ask that question? Ain't going to happen, brother. The dividend is too strong. Too good. Nobody's looking at that into the future. I mean, maybe somebody will bring it up, but nobody will really care on that end because there's money to be made, and they're making it right now. Fox money, new money coming for new SmackDown, all that stuff. This is going to play itself out, and this will affect them more a lot later on. They're going to have to answer this question. It may not be now, but later they will. I want to hear your takes, everybody. Phone lines open. Back in a moment, Observer Live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. I'm not using a vintage tube compressor on the show. I was joking for crying out loud. I did once use an LA-2A and an 1176. But you know what that is? Overkill. Ah. And uh, this person here, I'm going to explain this. So beating someone in their hometown is okay as long as it's a young star going over an established veteran because anytime WWE beats the hometown guy, it's met with consternation regardless of who it is. Oh, for Christ's sake. What do you mean? Hold on a second. What do you mean anytime? Do you mean every time? Do you mean the company that literally their M.O. is to humiliate people in their hometown to the point where when someone does actually win in their hometown, it's like shocking that they weren't beaten? There's no such thing in wrestling. I shouldn't say that. There are very, 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 very few things in wrestling that will never work, okay? Anything will work if you do it right. If if 90% of the time, if 90% of the time somebody shows up in their hometown and they're treated as a hero and they win a big match and everybody is happy, then it yes, it does mean something when MJF beats CM Punk twice in Chicago. In fact, it means a hell of a lot more. When literally every single time someone shows up in their hometown and you beat them down and you embarrass them and you humiliate them, and they never get their revenge because the next time in their hometown they get beaten down and humiliated again. Yeah, that's a problem. Honestly, we're comparing AEW and how they treat people in their hometown to WWE and how they treat people. Are we seriously doing that right now? Because these are not in any way, they're not comparable at all. No. At all. Plus, wrestling is about time and place on doing something like this. Chicago is the hottest market in all of professional wrestling in North America. Period, point blank, that's it, that's all. They're not going to kill the town. And it's how you do things. And it's when you do things. And right now, it was time for MJF to defeat CM Punk in his hometown. Twice. For a reason. 
You don't think CM Punk's going to get revenge on MJF? There was no way MJF was not going over last night. It was a matter of how are you going to do this and make it work. And they were able to play the story perfectly. They had doubt with MJF because of the situation with Wardlow. It just It's silly. It's just silly, and it's a lack of knowledge of how the business has gone and how it's been for a long time. And not everything from the past is applicable to today. But this is a simple time of time, place, circumstance, few, everything. Everything coming together. This was the right time for this. They have built this feud fantastically. It's a silly thing to say that uh, you keep... WWE with Angelo Dawkins winning, number one, if I'm not mistaken, initially... I didn't even know it was his hometown until Dave told me later. Well, initially, Montez Ford was the one that was going to be in that position, if I'm not mistaken. And the thing there is, there's another part of this too, but the thing there is... Montez Ford is going to be penciled into that position... And then on top of it, it seems to me that Dolph Ziggler took the L because of the stories that you guys were talking about on Observer Radio where it looked like he was going to go to NXT, but then they ended up scrapping that plan, or at least for now delaying that plan. So it's like, yeah, I mean, he won, but I don't even know what the plan was going to be, and I don't even know if they knew. And the thing is, yeah, they didn't even make a big deal out of Ford winning. Usually they build somebody up in their hometown so they can beat them because that's heat. Here they actually had a guy win in his hometown, and they and they really didn't make it a big deal. They had no point that they build up that he's going to be wrestling in his hometown or any of that stuff. No promo early on in the show. None of that stuff to even build it up. So what does it mean? It didn't even didn't even really mean anything because it didn't register to people. All right, let's go to uh, our good friend in Portsmouth. You're on the air. What's going on? Hey, guys. What's up? Brandon here. Um, just to kind of continue on with the conversation, and I've heard y'all say it before here on the show, too, and it's true. When you watch AEW, you have to watch it without watching it in WWE eyes. Like, for instance, with that main event, they restarted the match, and they had a distraction finish. Now, you know, in WWE, we might see that kind of stuff all the time, and Sonya and Adam come out and restart the match. They don't do that a whole lot of times in AEW, and it makes sense in the storyline that they're trying to tell. So I, for that reason, I thought it was great, and I think people have to remember that when they're watching the product. So that's all I wanted to say, and thanks for taking my call. Well, I want to thank you very much for the call. The other thing is, again, with distraction finishes, there's nothing that is just inherently wrong with wrestling. If you're going to distract CM Punk with Wardlow so that Wardlow can hand MGF the ring, so that MGF can knock out CM Punk with the ring, so that now you further the MGF, you're, you're stretching out the MGF-Wardlow storyline you're setting up a program with Wardlow and CM Punk, whatever you're doing. If there is a if there is storyline progression with your distraction finish, that's fine. If you put a match together and you can't think of a finish and you don't want either person to lose, and so you just do a lazy distraction finish nine times on a show, that's a problem. I need somebody in the chat to tell me when Wardlow actually debuted on TV because I wonder if they'll go with the angle of how to play this where he turns on MJF after his contract expires and he does something after his contract expires and that's how they end up 
playing this game, you know, as far as why he continues to help a guy that he should be killing right now and who's got the fans on his side. So we'll we'll see how that plays. And we'll see if the fans stay on Wardlow's side, too. I assume that they will. But it'll be interesting with the, to see how they respond to him next time out. Estio, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Sen. What's up, Tush homies? Yeah, yeah. So uh, coming from a guy that pretty much hasn't seen the WWE content in, like, for, like, years, that brandy segment was so baffling because I just can figure out from a booking per- like I can figure out from a booking perspective what was the goal other than obviously Brandy versus Peach Van by entertainment well, is that, yeah is that, that was the goal the goal was Brandy and uh, Paige Van Zandt well yeah but like she opens the promo buries the town then uh, what's his name comes out uh, Dan Lambert comes out also heel completely buries uh, Ethan uh, Ethan Page, who, in my opinion, has overperformed in AEW, and it just turns the crowd and pretty much killed the show for me. But uh, and I think that Brandy gets too much uh, criticism, but this particular segment is just baffling. It enhanced the show for me. I'm sorry, <laughs> it enhanced it for me. I don't know if I could say it enhanced it. I'm not a bad person for, the call, for that. Estio, but uh, hey, listen, here's the thing. It's, this is this is designed. I keep saying Jerry Springer, but this that's what this is designed. It to is. Be. It's daytime. You don't judge watch show behavior. Yeah, you don't watch Jerry Springer and go, "Oh, I really like that person." But you know that person <laughs> who hasn't paid child support. I don't like that person. You know, it's you like, are the father. I mean, they're they're the whole idea is it's like two despicable people that are that decided that they hate each other and like, you know, yeah, let me give you an example, like. I'm not saying this is like a fantastic segment or anything like that, but you ever heard when Granny reviews wrestling and yes. uh, she has certain people she doesn't like, okay? And she doesn't like Roman and she doesn't like Brock. So she reviews a segment and it's Roman versus Brock. And I'll say to her, okay, so who do you want to win this one? And she'll say, I hope they kill each other. She wants... She wants them somehow to both die in the match. Not actually, but, like, she doesn't want one of them to beat the other. She wants them to both kill each other, okay? So, like, to me, wrestling works best when there's someone you like versus someone you don't like, and so you want to see the person you like win. But every now and then, it's okay because there's no absolutes in wrestling. It's okay to have two despicable people, and you hope they kill each other. That's what this is. Absolutely. Territories have done this for years. Pro wrestling has done this for years, whether it be Nikita Koloff against Ric Flair, whether it be the Andersons against Ric Flair and Greg Valentine, the Iron Sheik against Ivan Koloff, Kamala against King Kong Bundy. When I was a little kid, they actually ran that one around uh, a couple different towns for the WWF. And look, it may sound hypocritical in a way, but it's not. If you're a wrestling fan, you should know... There are going to be times where something can be great. doesn't have to be good to be great. And that's the situation with Dan Lambert and Brandy Rhodes. It is two heels, one against her will, but is playing into it and dumping into it and leaning into it. There's, I'm sure, a little ribbing on the square going on with some of it. It's just, it's, I don't know, it's great. And it's a great sideshow 
on a show where it needs a sideshow. We're going to have a bunch of great matches whenever they decide to do this. We'll have it on the pay-per-view with with CM Punk against uh, you know MJF in a gimmick match. We're going to have a world title match. We'll have Sammy in an awesome TNT title match. And we're going to have this. And then we're going to have this piece of the, the meal for you fans out there who, again, Dan Lambert and Brandy Rhodes, give you some fun, gives you some balance to your card. And uh, it's perfect. Two people, perfect to go at each other. I love it. All right, Harrisburg, you're on the air. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? Mike and Brian, name from Harrisburg. Quick question. Do you think uh, to make the FTW title a little bit more interesting, that would be best for Jay Lethal to win the title when him and uh, Ricky Starks face off? Or do you think that somebody else should take it off from him to make it better? Thanks for your call. Yeah, well, thank you very much for the call. I don't think we need an FT- uh, the FTW title. I think we got plenty of belts. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Team Taz is ever going to lose. I presume someday they're going to lose that title. But um, it's kind of like it's it's like Taz gave it to his guys. And I do like what they did with Jay Lethal where, you know, he goes, eh, you know, it's not a real title, but you want it, so I want to take it from you. I at least like that. Yes. But I, I don't think that we need the FTW title. We got TNT title. We got the world title. We got the TBS title. I mean... You know when there's going to be a title change? When it's time to turn Ricky Stark's baby face, because at some point, I'm not saying it's going to be soon down the line, hard for me to believe that he's not going to be a player on the baby face side, and that's when Hook takes it, keeps it in the family, or however you want to do that. I think I think that's the way you play that. To defend it as an actual title, except in situations where it's just because you value that, I want to take it from you. I think that's the only time you play that. I don't think it's needed at all. I do. I do. Uh, I think it's an interesting storyline to have a a four man group that's created their own belt that only changes hands within the group when someone turns on the group. <laughs> that's definitely different, right? Well, I mean, you brought back a belt after God knows how many years just because you're you're Taz. So there's not a think, lot of rhyme and reason with that one anyway. We don't need another belt. Uh, John, listen, we got like a minute, John, so I know how you are. Spit it out, buddy. Okay, only thing I got to say is that I, I love this, the Brandy segment because that was the only excitement that I had in a couple in a couple weeks with the show. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love AEW. But I'm kind of interested in this, Brian. After the Adam Cole and Adam, Adam Cole and, and, uh, Adam Page, who do you think is the next viable contender for the AEW title? Well, both of y'all. And by the way, Mike, when is my when your next uh, podcast coming out, Mike? Because I'm interested in that, man. It's like three days ago, John. Where you been? Talking about the Not Mid-Atlantic you, I'm podcast. I'm talking about Mike. Oh, you're talking about Mid-Atlantic. Well, too late. It's time for a break. Back in a moment. <laughs> listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. So what, you got something to plug or something? What's this about? 
What, the Mid-Atlantic Championship podcast? Is that what it is? Pod? Yeah, Mid-Atlantic yeah. Pod. And you know what, Brian, for a lot of people that are wondering, hey, what are they talking about when they talk about these things that took place back in, in, in the olden days in wrestling that could still work today? Many of those things are up on Twitter at Mid-Atlantic Pod, some of the best of Jim Crockett promotions, 1933 to 1988, with many of the clips focusing on the dusty years of Jim Crockett promotions, uh, 1983 or 84 through 1988. There is still so much stuff you can learn and take from the past and apply to the present. And bottom line is, even though AEW has swung and missed, even though I think they may have pulled some things from the past and rushed them out there, especially in the case of Cody at times, Bottom line is, is they're pulling from the past of pro wrestling because it works. You can reinvent the wheel, but you got to make sure that the uh, the vehicle you're going to put it on moves. And unfortunately, with WWE, uh, they may need somebody to check the tires. But AEW still right now is doing, in my opinion, big time pro wrestling uh, the best as far as the full variety show. Period. This person says, "I was at AEW in Chicago. That Starks versus Jay Lethal match was awesome." Great, great main event, and a shout-out to Oreo the Orca. Don't put that guy over, that whale. He gets a, he's got a big head as it is. It's huge. I can't see anyone else being the next AEW champion besides MJF, do you? I think MJF is next. I mean, you never know, but that's, that's my thought. And we are out of time, everybody. But you know what? Tonight, myself and Vinny, for well over an hour, we'll talk all of AEW and NXT, all the details, all the news, all the angles, matches, etc., etc. I'll be up tomorrow here and with Lance Storm. Lots of fun stuff coming up. Thanks, Mike, as always. Callers and listeners up in the studio. Twitch homies. Top Tube. Top Tube. YouTube. Tears. Wrestling Observer Live. You have been listening to the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8Side Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.